Welcome to the first music edition of the Hangout Podcast. This is your host, Juan Hernandez. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, this is actually the first episode of what will be one of many where I'll be reviewing uh, several concerts that I've attended to, several albums that you know those bands have released and have toured under. Um, 2017 was a really good year as far as as far as music uh, for bands for myself uh, I know there were a lot of a lot of firsts for me a lot of first concerts that I attended to this year as far as my favorite band go, bands go but uh nonetheless I really want to focus this this episode mainly on music because uh, it's something that I've always uh, I've, I've grown up with music since I was a little kid I grew up listening to just a little background to cover what I what my uh, normal I guess normal music childhood was like I grew up listening to a lot of the old classic uh classic rock bands uh, stuff you hear on the radio today like Leonard Skinner uh, Van Halen the Beatles ACDC very very commercial uh commercial like uh feel to what I was growing up with and there were times uh, where where the music would kind of shift where my dad would be I'd be riding around with my dad in the car we'd be listening to Judas Priest or uh, mainly Rock 101 KLOL because they played a lot of a lot of old and and new uh, heavy metal rock songs they used to play stuff like Metallica uh, Stone Temple Pilots Alice in Chains you know, a lot, it was very, very, a lot of people gravitated towards that, that radio station because they played a wide variety of, of rock songs, not just tailored to one genre of rock, like, uh, like, uh, grunge or that, all the hair bands that existed in the eighties. But I grew up listening to, uh, and then actually, I should have actually pulled out my dad's, uh, cassette, uh, um, collection that he still has which is all of the CDs that I currently own now and that I've been purchasing since uh, since the transition from cassette to CD but a lot of a lot of Judas Priest, a lot of ACDC, a lot of uh Beatles, a lot of Def Leppard, Rush I'm trying to think of I'm kind of blanking out right now and I can actually go through my music on my phone which would make it a whole lot easier a lot of Aerosmith Alice Cooper Bad Company Black Sabbath Bon Jovi Boston Deep Purple Dio Dokken I'm a big fan of Dokken believe it or not uh, the Eagles, I'm a huge fan of the Eagles, Eric Clapton, Foreigner, Guns N' Roses, Iron Maiden, Journey, Judas Priest, Kiss. I'm a huge, for those of you who know me, I'm a huge Kiss freak. That's probably my number one band, Kiss. Metallica, a lot of Megadeth, a lot of Motley Crue, Motorhead, Nirvana, Ozzy Osbourne, Pantera. Poison, even a little bit of Queensryche, Rat, Ario Speedwagon, Rush, The Scorpions, Skid Row, Slayer, Stone Temple Pilots, like I've said before, U2, Van Halen, Whitesnake, 
just a whole wide array of of music and in the last in the last maybe couple years or so i have been trying to kind of expand my music uh i don't know what you would call my music uh likes because there's a lot of stuff that i dislike and, and not that i just you know no disrespect to other genres of music like like hip-hop and uh spanish music because some of most of that stuff was stuff that i grew up on also um i just don't have a liking to it there's a certain there's certain bands that i like certain spanish bands that i like that i grew up on hip-hop but there's a lot of stuff a lot of stuff that i just don't it just doesn't move me it doesn't you know i don't it doesn't click with me so along the way that was mainly what my likings were as a kid I was a little 10 year old kind of hard to believe you grew up listening to acdc in the fourth grade but that's mostly what my dad listened to and he really didn't listen to anything else he grew up in that era you know he grew up in the 70s went through the 80s and the 90s he kind of dropped off in in the 90s when grunge was coming in you know and at the time he also happened to you know have me so he kind of his music uh kind of following i guess stopped right around maybe late late 80s early 90s and he just stuck with whatever he grew up on and which is pretty cool because that stuff's still relevant to this day you know and, and when we go to when we start going to concerts and he sees those bands for the first time it, it takes him back to to that era of when he was a teenager listening to bands like boston and van halen for the first time and then being able to see them in concert it's just i just can't imagine that feeling you know i granted i like those bands too but it's just I, and i wasn't around during that time period to experience it all i have was all we have is youtube music videos and concert dvds things like that so um just kind of a little overview of what what i'm currently into and uh 2017 was a really really um, for me an important year in music uh, given from the fact that, you know, I personally, I went through, through, and this is something that I really want to talk about on a later episode, but I won't mention it now since it's pretty relevant to myself. And it's, I think it's pretty important. Went through my first breakup this, uh, earlier this past year. Um, it was something that I kind of had a gut feeling about and, did not see coming at the same time. It was just a kind of half and half type of thing where, and I don't want to mention the person's name because you know, that's how, that's how much uh, she doesn't really matter to me anymore. As harsh as they may sound, you know, I'd, I'd rather have that person remain nameless. So it was around Memorial Memorial day weekend. I want to say it was maybe before or after, um, I get, and, and I got it through, like most people know now that I've talked to through, through text message. I mean, who does that? You know, if you don't have the guts to say it face to face, uh, that kind of shows what type of person you really are and you really were all along. You know, I don't, I don't, I would have had more respect if that decision was done face to face. You know, even if I even if I hated the person, I would have a lot a lot of respect because there's a lot of people that I don't I don't like. I still respect. You know, I don't I don't you don't have to like everybody. So that's a big uh, that was a big uh, big blow for me. 
something that I worked on for that I I can say I was speaking for myself worked on a hundred percent invested in those seven years only to have it just disappear in in just a matter of a text message I know it's uh, and, and I, know, I know countless I know a lot of people have been have been through this um, they start feeling guilty they start feeling depressed they start not to say I didn't have these feelings because I did for maybe about a day or two I was just feeling down just trying to process everything that was going on I was trying to understand you know was it really my fault was I really putting in a hundred percent and in several friends that I talked to you know it really helped to kind of put everything in perspective and just kind of see the signs that were going on in the last year or two maybe so that's just something that a little roadblock along the way, as they say. I wasn't going to let that stop me from living my life. You know, you have to, like this, it's like that saying goes, life goes on. I really don't have time to dwell on that whole negative. So, in turn, like I said, not wanting to talk too much about this because I really want to do an episode specifically on this. Um, Guitar Summer was having a sale, a Memorial Day sale. I had a little cash to spend, and I said, you know what? I think it's time to start focusing on me for a change. So, and I had been looking around. I don't just go buy things just to buy them. You know, I very, I try to manage my money as best as I can. But during that time, I did have a little cash to spend. So, I went to Guitar Center, and I wish I could have pulled him out right now. I actually I put him away in, uh, I stored him in my closet to make up space for my other little splurge that I did for for Christmas. But... I ended up buying a acoustic electric guitar at Guitar Center, and I already had the amplifier for it because because the amplifier that I have has three different features where you can plug in your electric guitar, your bass guitar, and your acoustic electric guitar. So I got a pretty good deal on on that guitar, and just kind of something to uh something to distract me, something to really focus on as far as a hobby i've been playing on i've been playing guitar on and off since i was 16 nothing too serious Uh, i've been taking guitar lessons in the last maybe year or two when i can so and it's something i can play a i can play a riff i can play along a riff mediocrely i'm not gonna say i'm a professional or nothing like that but i'm more of a i'm more of a rhythm guitar player rather than a a lead player Cause I'll butcher my leads quickly. Uh, I'd rather stick to playing. I've always played. I've always been into the rhythm section of, of a song of a band, and so that's that's what I did for around that time, just to kind of distract me. And I also started writing down the things that I had in my mind that were I don't want to say bottled in, but that I wanted to express, that I wanted to let out, and just couldn't find a good outlet to let out maybe this podcast but you know I sat down got some paper and started writing some short poems slash uh, songs lyrics and I came up with I don't know how many pages of of not only what had happened then but things that were going on as far as in the news uh, things that I was I was going through personally with uh, I also lost a friend around that time I want to say, uh, 
it was around that time, but I didn't find out till maybe weeks later where a fellow coworker of mine that I used to know from last year committed suicide, which was a another huge blow for for me. You know, death has been really prevalent in my life as far as family members and people surrounding me for some reason. But it's just something that happens and you have to you just have to. You just have to, you can't dwell on that whole negative. You can ask yourself, you know, is there something I could have done to prevent that? Is there something that, is there something that could have been done? But you really can't do anything if the person, you know, you really don't know what that person is thinking at the time. So it's just uh, something that I purchased along the way. And sometimes when I get bored, I'll pull it out and I'll try learning a song or two on the guitar, mainly just strumming, uh, I really was working on Bon Jovi's Wanted Dead or Alive, the little intro for that John Bon Jovi plays at the beginning. And I got to tell you, that's a, if you're a guitar player starting out, please take guitar lessons because it is not easy trying to learn a song. Thank you for me. So in turn... I that didn't stop me from going to concerts, you know, the concerts is one of my main hobbies that I like to do. I like to I like to work for you know, to have fun. I like to save money to be able to go to concerts. I love going to concerts and I've learned a lot of things in in the last in the last 7 years that I've been attending concerts. I know this is 2017 and I only started going to attending concerts since 2010. But that's because I couldn't afford to go. You know, my parents, you know, my dad only made enough money to to provide for us and to for us to barely make it by all the way through the 90s, all the way through the even to the 2000s. You know, having to support a family, you know, I'm still going to I'm I was still going to school at the time. Did I want to go to those concerts? You bet I did. You know, I've always. I always had that gut feeling. I was like, man, I want to go to that show, but I don't have any money. And I could have gotten a job, but I was just too immersed in school. School was something that I that took seriously. And I really wanted to. And that was already instilled in me. You know, I always wanted to get better grades. I always wanted to better myself. If I failed a test, I wanted to be able to get better and pass that test, even if it was barely passing. I always wanted to excel in school to be able to you know enjoy the things that I that I never had you know I I always dreamed of having guitars of bass guitars I always dreamed of having a drum kit which I recently bought and I'm going to get into before the show ends but it's just a it's just a progression you know you you don't just get these things overnight you have to build up on them you have to work for them like a lot of these bands do, they don't just get famous overnight. Granted, you have YouTube stars that get famous overnight, um, bands that'll get famous overnight, but they're gone uh, in a month or two, and the the trend is over. So, just a quick recap of the concerts that I was attending to, and I will talk about their albums along the way. Um, it would actually help me out here because I have. All this stuff listed on my Instagram. I should have it listed already. But I want to make sure I go through these. As quick as I can. 
and also paying tribute to to the musicians that passed away. I'm also going to be doing that. And I want to start with uh, former Black Sabbath keyboardist Jeff Nichols. He played keyboards for Black Sabbath for, I want to say, maybe since the late 70s, early 80s maybe. And he was kind of an on and off, behind the scenes player where you you really wouldn't see somebody playing keyboards. You thought it was a, a background uh of a keyboard playing and uh my thing is actually okay so he was a really a big a big part of, of the black sabbath sound a very dynamic part of a, of the sound um almost 40 years that's a long time to be in a band like black sabbath was he making you know i don't want to get into the whole money thing but i'm pretty sure this guy was making pretty good money for for the, for the band to have just him as a player, you know, as somebody that they relied on, as somebody they they knew they trusted. Um, granted, a lot of people didn't know. I didn't know how he looked like until he passed. I was like, wow, that's I didn't know that was him. So he was mostly behind the scenes. Um, passed away from lung cancer, so I'm only going to assume he was smoking a lot. So these these guys, man, some of these guys don't take care of themselves, but very integral part of the band. Another musician that passed away earlier this year, and I really wanted to, I actually wanted to go see this band, uh, was uh, ba- singer bassist John Wetton from, from Asia. A lot of people know him from Asia, from the band Asia. He passed away from colon cancer at age 67. He uh, he had a brief stint with King Crimson King Crimson in the early seventies. Went on to form the the rock supergroup Asia. Had the bit the big heat of the moment hit on the radio. Um, colon cancer again it's just one of those things where I believe he was struggling with with colon cancer for quite a while, and uh, like I've said before, it's the rock star lifestyle. The debauchery if you may will catch up to you if you party excessively partake in drugs excessively i'm not saying you know i'm not you know getting on a a pedestal here i'm not on a my little soapbox you know saying don't do it but that's just what happens these these things catch up to you drugs alcohol um even women as as much as people might not know a lot of these guys were getting with countless women and not using protectionists, you know, catching diseases left and right. And it's just one of those things where, man, you have to be really, you have to be really careful. You have to be really aware of your surroundings of what you're doing. Otherwise, you're going to end up in whatever, ha- whatever happened to this guy or where are they now? And <laughs> I don't think you want that as a, as a career for a musician. You used to, oh yeah, that guy used to be big in the, in the eighties and now he's, playing rock bars barely playing rock bars so another this one this one took me by surprise i was waking up early to go to work it was on a thursday morning so i work early on thursdays i wake up of course i wake up wash up um start going through 
my Twitter feed and I start reading about Chris Cornell uh, passed away from suicide. And that was, I was just, I was blown away. I was, I was like, wait, Chris Cornell from Soundgarden? So the news started pouring out. Um, devastating loss. This guy was only, let's see, he was born in 64. So he was only about two years younger than my dad. So he was fairly, fairly young still. Just halfway through his life. And it was one of those things that as time went on, we come to find out what actually happened. He was 52. That's way too young to, to go. Chris Cornell was the lead singer of guitarist of Soundgarden, lead singer of Audio Slave. Um, really didn't get into Soundgarden, Soundgarden so much at that time when they were coming out in the 90s. I was still a little kid. I did hear him uh, vaguely remember them, hearing them in, on the radio. But they were coming around that time when Nirvana was coming out, Al- Alice in Chains, Stone Temple Pilots, maybe a little bit afterwards. Um, but they were around maybe grunge, post grunge when they came out and let's see, it was crazy to think all these guys from the, from the grunge movement are gone. Kurt Cobain killing himself in the nineties, Lane Staley from Madison Chains dying of a heroin overdose in the early two thousands. Uh, Chris Cornell from an apparent suicide from what I from what I read and ironically enough these uh, Soundgarden had just played a concert in man I want to say it was in Chicago or I want to say it was in Chicago and not even hours I wouldn't say maybe an hour or two later he just hangs himself in his hotel room it's just mind boggling that you can go and people uh, released videos later on of, of their concert people were saying yeah you know he was he was off it looked like he was under the influence of something but you really don't know what that person is going through sorry what that person is going through at that time he might have been under the influence and I, I believe he was when the toxicology report came in um, again Soundgarden was one of those Major, I missed going to see them one time, maybe a couple years ago. My buddy actually uh, was planning, invited me to go, and I don't know. I guess it just fell through. We never ended up going to see them because I think I was already committed to another concert that I was gonna attend. But uh, that was a big blow, and as I get very, <laughs> I don't want to say get very emotional, but you know, I get sad when when I hear these things. It's like, man, you. Sometimes you grew up listening to these guys and next thing you know, they're gone. And all you have left is the music to remember them by, which is pretty good because their memory lives on forever. So, but it's bad because they're not, they're not here with us anymore physically. So that's just a couple of the people that passed on this year. Um, want to dive in quickly into the first concert that I attended to. I, I want to say this was the first concert I attended in 20... 17 this year uh metallica i'm a huge metallica fan all the way going through high school i was aware of them became aware of them when i was in elementary i believe it was sixth grade 
uh one of my friends uh this girl she that that I recently got back in in touch with she she let me borrow a CD and it was Master of Puppets by Metallica and I always thought you know Metallica that's uh I really wasn't into that t- that style of, of heavy metal hard rock which considered then was a thrash cuz I was still more into my little ACDC journey uh Def Leppard phase of music where I was still listening to kind of casually but starting to get heavily into now Judas Priest uh but I get this Master of Puppets CD and I put it on my little uh, Sony Walkman and man I was blown away by the <laughs> by the opening song Battery and it was just from then on I became a I became a fan and around that time I'd say maybe it was about 2000 it was 6th grade so I had to be in uh let's see 2004 2004 2003 maybe some somewhere along the way right around the time when Saint Anger came out I remember that because they used the the title track for a for a WWE pay-per-view I think it was SummerSlam and I like the song. I like that 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 I like that whole album. I recently just purchased it uh, to own on CD because I never had it. But I always it was one of uh, I don't have any guilty pleasures, but it's one of those albums that pe- a lot of people hate on. I'm a really big fan, especially you can go through the first five six songs on that album. There, you know, I like them. So as the years progressed, I started getting into Metallica more and more especially all the way through high school uh I went as far as getting uh Metallica Chuck Taylors I know they released a, a limited edition of a line of a uh, of a uh, Chuck Taylor shoes and they had the it was, they were all black and they had the Metallica ride the lightning logo kind of wrapped around the side and the back with black laces and black uh black uh outline on it and i know it's corny as hell looking back now wearing metallica shoes but i'm not i'm not a i'm not a what what do you call it it was fun <laughs> it was fun so the years progressed uh, I was right around that time when I really was getting heavy, heavily into them around the time when Death Magnetic came out. And Metallica always got a lot of hate in the 90s when even when they released the Black Album, which went mainstream and just blew the band up. Um, I knew a substitute teacher at uh, in high school that will tell us that he worked security for the for Metallica and Guns N' Roses when they toured in the in the 90s and came through here and the Ast- played in the Astrodome and he says that he saw James Hetfield backstage and just looked it looked like you didn't want to mess with that guy cuz he's he's just bigger than what you thought he was so right around the time Death Magnetic came out I got heavily into that album and like I said, like I was saying before, they always got a lot of shit. 
especially when they took that year break in the 90s, came back, everybody, everybody, Samuel, I'm reading the comments right now. Oh, who was the substitute teacher? Uh, Mr. Handy. And I do have him on here on Facebook. So, getting getting questions coming in. People are actually interacting. So, yeah, Mr. Handy was uh, was the teacher that I had who will tell us pretty cool stories about these rock guys from the 80s and the 90s. Uh, shout out to Mr. Handy for, you know... That that puts you at notch one in my book. If if you work security at Metallica and Guns N' Roses, man, that's a pretty cool cool story to have to tell your kids one day. <laughs> so Mr. Handy works security at the Astrodome, nonetheless. So you're talking early '90s, maybe. I was, I think I was maybe about a year old when when they came through. Uh. So Metallica got a lot of shit in the 90s for cutting their hair, changing their music. Yeah. Oh yeah, you know, Mr. Handy, you can find him skating in at the Galleria. So I did see him one time skating. I didn't want to say anything. I think I said hi one time. But uh they got a lot of shit in in the 90s when they released Load and Reload. Pretty uh aptly named titles and um they did the 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 concert with the symphony they did St. Anger so they were always getting crap the whole Napster thing went through they were always getting crap for everything yet they were still the the number one band at the time as much as they were being criticized but they didn't give a damn they just kept plowing through. We're Metallica. We don't care what you think. You know, we're going to do what we think is best for the fans and, you know, for us. So, and that's always been that Metallic attitude. Even as as far back as pre-Black Album, when you have albums like Kill Em All, Ride the Lightning, Master of Puppets. It's even one of my favorites, and Justice for All. Uh, all the way through St. Anger, you go through Death Magnetic. Which was released in 2008. Produced by Rick Rubin. If you guys don't know who Rick Rubin is. Man he's. His discography credits are. Astronomical. He's worked with everybody from Justin Timberlake. To Slipknot. Lady. Uh, Adele. Slayer. All the hip hop guys from the 80's. Uh, Danzig. Anybody you name it. Um. He worked with Metallica and Death Magnetic kind of brought them back to it brought them back to their roots to what they were where they were not not going back to their roots as a throwback but more as a coming back full circle only with a modern touch to it where you go back to you for musicians that know out there you go back to standard tuning uh, before they were tuning low to a half step, uh, you go back to standard tuning. You go back to the really fast songs. You go back to playing uh, guitar solos. I know that was a thing that they strayed away from, 
in the early 2000s because hey everybody it was cool everybody was doing it so why not us too so it took them maybe about let's see 2008 9 10 took them about eight years to do a new album hardwired to self-destruct which again still sticking true to their roots adding a more modern touch but personally i like this i like this album uh i want to say i like it more than death magnetic they released it as a as a alvarez you want me to talk about the disco era let me finish uh going through this first and we can uh we can talk about the BGs. <laughs> my dad actually went through the disco era, and he tells me a lot of good stories of him going to to discos with my mom. Um, they were listening to the BGs. Uh, I'm trying to think of Donna Summer and all the all the good late seventies uh, disco tunes that were going around. Um, but they released this as a double disc. As you see right here, yeah, I still purchase. I still purchase uh, "Staying Alive." Yeah, hell yeah, "Saturday Night Fever." I still purchase CDs to this day. Uh, I do. I am subscribed to Apple Music to listen to my music, but I still purchase the physical copy. So, "Hardwired to Self Destruct" was a killer album. If you guys don't have it, uh, look it up on YouTube, Apple Music, Spotify. And just crank it up from the very first song, Hardwire. I mean, the opening is just insane. And you can run through the first maybe five songs pretty quickly. That was a hell of an album. That album was produced by, uh, I believe it was Greg Fiddleman, who was the engineer for for Death Magnetic. They ended up using him as producer. So he's he's been coming along the ranks too. With that was my first Metallica show. I miss Metallica when they came through with Death Magnetic, and I was so bummed because it happened to be on a on a Wednesday at Toyota Center, and I was at, I was in school during that time, so there was no way I was gonna go. Finally, they announced that Metallica was coming to Houston, coming back to Houston. They were gonna play at the NRG Stadium along with Avenged Sevenfold and Volbeat. Volbeat, I had seen prior a couple of years prior with Megadeth and uh after that show you know my dad became a huge fan of Volbeat he didn't know who they were but he liked the songs which is pretty good because it's like damn you it's cool because you don't know who this band is and you become a fan shortly afterwards and I gave him the set list I helped him look up for the set list online and he looked up the songs bought a couple of cds and became an instant fan which is pretty cool you know, being able to turn my dad on to newer bands and just kind of stray him away from his classics for for, for a change. But it's just pretty hard to get him to like a new band. Avenged Sevenfold, I had never seen live before. I was a huge fan after the Nightmare album came out. Um, Hail to the King, The Stage. Really, really, they're more like, they're, they're more the modern Metallica for the newer generation of, of, of metal fans, the newer, the kids. Um, pretty, pretty solid band. Um, I did have a kind of a side view of the, of the show when I went to see Metallica. So that was my only complaint for that show. The sound was kind of echoey, but I still was able to hear what they were playing. So 
Mind you, I have to do earplugs for every concert that I go to. There was only two concerts. The first two concerts I went to, Kiss and Rush, uh, from one weekend to another. And I said, you know what? I can't I can't do this. I need, I need to plug in my headphones because I'm going to go deaf. Either that or I'm going to suffer the consequences when I'm in my 60s or maybe even younger. I have to do earplugs all the time. But... That Metallica concert was insane. Of course, they played a lot of new, a lot of new stuff for that show. They played all the classics too. And you know, every time I go to a show like this, you know, I'll just, I'm headbanging the whole show. So if you haven't seen me headbang, I'm not gonna do it now. Go see me at a show. <laughs> That's when my true self comes out. So it was fun to have taken a family to that show. Um, I'm taking my dad also. He's not a big Metallica fan, but he has his songs that he likes. More the more commercial songs. So that was a lot of fun. We had a good time for the for you get what you pay for when you go to these shows. If you granted these concerts are very expensive nowadays. Sometimes you know, I'm starting to end up paying a hundred dollars per ticket and now I'm just taking my family because before I used to take my friends and now it's like, man, I can't I wish I could take you guys, but I don't have that much money to, to spend to go to these shows. And now I just end up taking a family and end up having a good time because you have to deal with parking. You have to deal with uh, if you want to buy a T-shirt, which I always do. Well, most times I do if I have money. I know for that show, I was kind of broke by then. So it wasn't payday. So that show was a lot of fun. Being able to see Metallica for the first time, I would love I would love to see them at a smaller venue like Toyota Center in the future. Because uh, these guys, if you think they don't have it, go watch them live. Watch some concert DVDs. Watch watch them on YouTube. Look them up. I know they have a video or two up there for when they played here in Houston this past summer. So that was a that was a good show. Um, the next show that I went to, I want to say was maybe almost a week or two after the Metallica concert, which was going to see Iron Maiden for the first time. I have wanted to see Iron Maiden for so long. I've been missing them since they were coming through since 2010. I know the first time they came through was with Dream Theater and they came, they came maybe two or three or more times after that. I want to say it was two more times after that or maybe two. Was it one more time? I can't remember, but every time I would miss them. I missed them on the Made in England show uh, tour, uh, Somewhere Back in Time tour, um, the Final Frontier tour. That was the first one I was talking about. But always wanted to see Iron Maiden. I was like, man, every time they come, I'm a huge Maiden fan. <laughs> and I keep missing these guys. It was just bad timing for me. But was finally the show was finally announced book of souls world tour a north american tour and i said you know what i gotta go see iron maiden i don't care if i pay a hundred dollars per ticket i'm gonna go see them and i did <laughs> so they they were touring this was the book of souls tour which i have the album right here this album was insane i don't know if you guys can look at it it's pretty it's kind of like a little the size of a DVD but this and I know you it might look backwards on there on the live feed but 
This was the Book of Souls was released two years ago, actually, and pretty cool story, pretty insane story about this album. Uh, the lead singer Bruce Dickinson recorded this album. Uh, 2015 was later diagnosed with uh, throat cancer which he had already had when he was recording this album so come to think of it it was like damn he had cancer while he was recording this album (laughs) that is that is insane only a guy like Bruce Dickinson would be able to pull that off and he sounds amazing so I open up the album I'm a huge Maiden fan so I'm always looking to see what what theme they have for for every album and of course it's always a different incarnation of Eddie this one's more of a Mayan type of uh, theme for Eddie and their stage stage shows are just amazing Uh, songs go you have the lyrics on here it's kind of like a little book um Have your little drawings. For those people listening on on this uh, audio version right now, and you ca- I know you can't see this, but I'm going through the Iron Maiden Book of Souls album booklet, whatever you want to call it. Has a different different thing for the every band member with Eddie in the middle. I always write like reading the the liner notes. For this picture of the band and all the credit it gives you all the credits on here as far as stuff that they use instruments uh, who produced the album of course they've been working with Kevin Shirley for years and uh, this was also released as a double disc so it's a pretty long album I think it's one of their longest albums because the final song Empire of the Clouds clocks in at almost 20 minutes let's see Iron Maiden also had always had awesome artwork on their covers right about that every album you look at even to the ones they did without Bruce Dickinson they're pretty damn cool um, from the first two albums you can't you can't touch those two first albums with Paul Diano the first subtitled and the the Killers album. Um, you go through, and I'm gonna name them fairly quickly here. You go through Number of the Beast uh, with the Devil on on the cover, uh, Peace of Mind, where Eddie is uh, tied tied with a straitjacket, you know, tied with chains. Uh, Aces, no, not Aces High, Power Slave with the whole Egyptian theme on it. The Somewhere in Time. With you have the futuristic Eddie on there, seventh son of a seventh son, which is more kind of a not futuristic but more clairvoyant type of theme on it. Uh, no prayer for dying. Pretty basic cover with Eddie kind of reaching, reaching out. Uh, fear of the dark, which is Eddie uh, in the form of a tree, kind of creepy looking. And then you have the one, the two with, that they did with Blaze Bailey. Um, the Virtual Eleven, which has Eddie being, I think it's some type of lobotomy that they're doing on him. If you look up Iron Maiden Virtual 
No, not Virtual Eleven. The X Factor. Virtual Eleven is actually the one with with the kid sitting down with some vir virtual reality goggles, and he has Eddie in the back of, uh, in the back of him with a bunch of flames and all sorts of things. But yeah, you know, you're right. Iron Maiden always had awesome artwork on their covers. You know, they're one of those bands where they not only focused on having good music, but they always wanted to have good visuals for for the band and be able to be identified as Iron Maiden. You look at this without the title. Oh, yeah, you know, that's Iron Maiden. If you don't know, you don't know. So that was a pretty good show uh, for as much as like Metallica, Metallica's concert. They played a lot of it was a, and I like it, too, because it's a mix of old music and new music mixed in together. They'll play two new songs to start the show. They'll jump into four four classic songs and it'll go from there. It's a pretty good mix for all the old fans, for all the new fans. Um, went to my family with this one also and had a really good time, had really good seats for this one. I really enjoyed it because I was we had a center view. We were way up top at Toyota Center. But we had a center view, and the sound was incredible. Um, it's just a, an amazing show. I rarely stick for the encores because I want to beat the traffic. <laughs> you know, I sound like an old man. You know, I, I want to leave home early, but I, I've experienced uh, being stuck in traffic way too many times at concerts. You know, I'm I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired of it. <laughs> so there's only a couple of bands where I do stick around for the for the encores so but one of the bands that i was really crazy about for seven the last seven years also turned my dad onto was ghost they were they were the opening band for iron maiden on this tour and when they came out majority of people that i knew did not know who ghost was i would show them pictures and they were like that looks crazy you know it's a satanic uh, satanic pope if you look up the band ghost you, you'll see what i'm talking about but you listen to their music and it's a combination of 70s maybe blue oyster cultish um with a mix of uh maybe a little modern feel to it more i don't know how to explain it but look up ghost they have really good songs in my, in my opinion uh i was always freaking out about this band and i was really excited to know that they were going to be touring with iron maiden so they uh they came through and man I'm I've missed them a couple times here in Houston uh, but I no longer I'm going to miss them because I'm going to go see them the next time they come through so Iron Maiden Ghost that was a really good bill for the money that I that I spent that was pretty good Want to jump into Megadeth now one of my many bands that I've been able to fortunate enough to see and I'm actually going to take a little I'm going to run to get my bottle of water really quickly because I am getting, my throat is getting kind of dry. So give me just a couple seconds. <clears throat> so. Megadeth's always been one of those bands that I've gone to, I've gone to see countless times. I think this was, how many times have I seen these, these guys play? If I go back, way back to 2012, it was Gigantor, I've seen them play Gigantor, 
the thirteenth tour. Um, I think the first time. Uh, no, 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 no. See, Gigantor. Thirteen. I think the Gigantor was the thirteenth tour. Okay, yes. The Gigantor was the thirteenth tour. Saw them on the Super Collider tour. Um I saw them the first time around when they came to promote the the last album they put out, Dystopia. So this would have to be the fourth time that I've seen them live. If I'm getting this mixed up, you know, it's because I've seen them way too many times. And I've always seen them at the uh, um they always come to Revenge and Music Center, formerly known as by Music Center. Formerly known as Verizon Wireless Theater. It's right next to the Hard Rock Cafe in downtown. Pretty good venue. Uh, I would recommend buying... Excuse me. Buying balcony seating instead of buying general admission. I've done general admission for... The second time I saw Megadeth. And the first time I saw Slayer. And I was fortunate enough to... Be on the... Be uh, standing on the front row. To the left side of, of the stage. I tried doing that for the last time I went to go see Megadeth. Before this last time. And I really I had a really bad experience. I was way in, the, way in the front row in the center. And people were just pushing each other. I was squishing each other. Moshing. And before Megadeth went on I said you know what. I'm getting out of here. I'm, I'm going to go all the way to the back where nobody's a... Nobody's a pushing each other and not trying to enjoy the show so i learned from the last time and i said that's never going to happen again so this n last time i went to go see megadeth i purchased the balcony seat with center seating of course and it was one of the best views i've i've ever had at revention music center aside from being in the front row you know you actually you can actually hear it better because the sound is being projected towards towards you not towards you're not getting it from a side so they I forget the bands that opened with them this last time. Um Oh, I think Meshuga was one of them that opened uh I had heard about Meshuga countless times. They're a little too heavy for my for my liking. Um But this was uh, an extension of their dystopia tour which took place a year prior where I actually I actually got to meet the band the last time that I went to go see them, I actually took a picture with the with the whole crew. It was Dave Mustaine, David Ellison, the new the new guitarist Kiko, and uh, Chris Adler was playing drums at the time from Lamb of God. So got to chat with them fairly quickly because it was a fairly uh, fast VIP. Um, and I've met David Ellison at Comic Palooza before and actually chatted with him at it in in length. So, Dystopia, they were still touring under this album that you have right here, Megadeth Dystopia. I know it might look backwards again, but they were tour still touring under that album. They were featuring more songs from this album on this last run, which is, to me, a return to form for Megadeth. They kind of went through a period where they were being a little too, and I, and I, and I like them uh, still. But they were going through a period where they were, they had worked with, 
they have worked with Andy because uh, they had a they went through a rough period. If you don't know Megadeth, if you haven't followed Megadeth's career, they were fairly big in the thrash movement in the mid to late '80s. After Dave Mustaine got kicked out of Metallica, um, they got pretty. They they started getting big, more commercialized around the '90s, getting bigger and bigger, having more commercial and critical success. But their albums started shifting into more radio-friendly territory. Um, all the way up to, I think, was the Risk album in ni- 1999. And they were just trying to keep up with the times as well. It was working for them because they had already been an established band. So they were trying to venture to, to new new territories. And some people liked it. Some people hated it. I'm always open-minded, so... I always go back and listen to their songs, but they ended up going back to working with uh, Andy Sneap. If you guys don't know who Andy Sneap is, he's a very uh, he's a really good producer. He's produced uh, he's produced bands like Accept, like the newer albums, uh, Exodus, Testament, uh, producing the new Judas Priest album, which I'm gonna be talking about in a in a couple of minutes, but. They worked with um, I forget the guy's name. I think it was Johnny K. And they were kind of steering away from what they what they were fairly well known for. But with this album, I believe they just came back true to form like Metallica did. They went back to add in some of their roots, but still keeping that modern modern touch to it, the modern sound. And it made for a great album. I think it reached uh, the top 10 last year. I can't remember what position, but... Again, that was another good show. Um, big Megadeth fan. Uh, have most of their discography like like I do for Metallica. And I'm still working on Iron Maiden right now. <laughs> so, I do have all their albums. Some, But most of them I got... Um, on the computer so I really do want to get the physical copies uh, next show I went to was in September again took the whole family to go see KISS KISS is and always will be my number one band um, I went to go see KISS for the first time in 2010 September 17 2010 and this 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 current incarnation of KISS the one I've always been seeing is Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, Tommy Thayer, and Eric Singer. It's not the original lineup. People get mistaken, but you know they wear the makeup too, so it's pretty hard. It's pretty easy to say, "Oh, you know, I want to go see Kiss." But it was my first time also going to the new venue in Sugarland, the Smart Financial Center. By any means, if you guys haven't checked this venue out, it is amazing. The acoustic it, it is it's built for specifically built for concerts. The acoustics in that room are amazing. The if you buy a you can buy a cheap ticket and still get a really good view and sound. You know, the tickets that I bought were also a hundred each. And I got a really good view. It was upper balcony. But I mean the phone doesn't do it justice, but when you're looking at it, it's like, man, it's like right there. You're only a few feet away from, from the band. But I grew up listening to Kiss. My first Kiss album was Unmasked. 
released in 1980. Um, or that was that was around the time when they were becoming really unpopular with the fans. They were getting a lot of backlash for going commercial, more pop, pop friendly. And my dad was actually the one that got me in the Kiss. You know, he grew up around the time when the four solo albums came out. He even had the stickers in his closet at home back back in Mexico. <laughs> so he he goes way back with Kiss all the way through Unmasked, uh, the Dynasty, Detroit Rock City. Um, uh, even even as far as the, the some of the later stuff when they took off their makeup with Lick It Up. Uh, but he eventually dropped off. He stopped following them for so long. And, up, and when I started getting to know them a lot more when I was in high school, I was going way back to the very beginning all the way through you know getting their kissology dvds going through their history when they took off the makeup which is one of my favorite periods of kiss after they took off the makeup because they were going through they were sticking with the times trying to go through the the whole 80s wave of teasing their hair all the hair bands with the makeup uh, with all the visuals um, releasing albums like Lick It Up, Animalize, Asylum, Crazy Nights, uh, Hot in the Shade, which Hot in the Shade, in, back when I was in high school, maybe at least 2000, 2009, that's when I started getting into into vinyl, even way, way before, you know, it came back to resurgence, but I went to Trader's Village and there... If you haven't been to Trader's Village, they sell a lot of uh, a lot of LPs, a lot of vinyls, a lot of classic ones too. And at the time, I didn't have enough money to purchase one, so I ended up purchasing Hot in the Shade and Asylum by Kiss on cassette. And I, I know I have them put away in there somewhere right now. I don't. Uh, if you give me a couple seconds, I can actually look them up pretty really quick. So, for those people listening on Facebook. You can probably still hear me, but I did purchase these cassettes um, for very cheap. People, people are gonna think I'm a I'm an old timer for having all this old stuff and I know I was I really wanted to be under an hour on this but I'm gonna probably extend it to two hours like I did for the last episode so here's Kiss Asylum for the people watching on Facebook pretty solid album on cassette I got it for two bucks uh, granted the audio is not really good on this one I noticed it after I got it so whatever uh, for those of you who don't own cassettes or lost your cassettes, I have a whole bunch. See, Kiss Asylum. And like I said before, this is stuff that I grew up on listening to my dad's cassettes. So, and we still have, our, still play them on, we can still play them on our stereo in my car. Hot in the Shade by Kiss. One of my favorite 80s Kiss albums. See, so you have the picture of the the cover and then you have the picture of the band 
So, cassettes, they're really... And I can do a whole episode on these cassettes for... I don't know how long. But, uh... Yeah, man, it was... It was, uh... It was a really good show. I enjoyed watching Kiss. They played a lot of... A lot of greatest hits. Maybe one or two new songs, but... Really, a really good time. And, um... I do have a couple more things to go over before I delve into the whole vinyl thing and previews. Uh, this year actually marked the 25th anniversary of two albums that came out in the 90s around October. Right around the time when I was born. I think it was maybe a year after I was born. And my dad was... Uh, fairly new to this when he when he listened to it but uh dirt by Allison Chains I know this thing looks backwards on Facebook but you know you guys you guys get what I'm trying to where I'm trying to get at dirt by Allison Chains and core by the Stone Temple Pilots these albums you know it's might it might sound corny to say but you know, these albums were also a part of my childhood growing up in the 90s. Uh, I remember riding around with my dad. I say this story countless times. He would have Rock 101 KLOL. He actually had a cassette that he taped. Um, back when, if you guys remember, for people who used to tape, tape on cassette on the radio, you'd have to wait until the commercial ended and try to play the song. He would actually... He actually recorded... Uh, the station playing one time. I forget what year this was because they were playing stuff like Winger and um, they actually announced the Stone Temple Pilots in concert around during that time. And I would listen to these songs on the radio and say to myself, man, who who is that band? And he would ask me, do you know who that band is? Because they would never say they would never uh, say who it was on the radio back then. You'd actually have to find out for yourself. There was no way to there was no app for trying to find out who this this band was or this song uh you couldn't go online to see what what they were playing at that time um but he would always ask me who is that band i want to know who that band is i like those songs and i'd say you know i try i try, I'd try and i try and I'd try and I'm like man it's not pearl jam it's not nirvana come to find out is the stone temple pilots and maybe about a year or two ago, I showed my dad. I'm like, hey, you remember that band that used to ask me about? Started playing songs. And he's like, yeah, I remember those songs from, from the 90s. <laughs> so they uh, did a special 25-year, I believe it was a re-release of Core from the Stone Temple Pilots. This one right here. Um, they they re-released this album on vinyl. And I think they added, um, they added a lot of stuff to it because I know they re-released it as a deluxe edition of it. And I think the last time I checked, it was sixty dollars to seventy on sale uh, for sale. But um, this was at the height of the grunge era when it came out. So the uh, I only have the regular versions of these albums. Um, and most of the stuff that I buy. I most times I go to Cactus Music to purchase my my vinyls and my CDs. You I started getting back to buying locally instead of buying at Best Buy. Uh, 
because most times they'll have what I'm looking for at a, at a very affordable price. You know, CDs are dropping way down in price. Vinyls are going up, ironically. So that was just another little commemoration that, that they did earlier this year, a couple months ago, for Dirt and for Core. Um, Alice in Chains still, still going strong. I know they, they announced a tour for next year. They're not coming to Houston, unfortunately, but I've already seen them last year at Houston Open Air. And the Stone Temple Pilots recently announced a new singer, a guy that I think was on the X Factor, that show that they have where people go sing or something like that. So good luck to him on that. We lost Tom Petty in October. That was very, that was a sad story, really out of left field. Uh, I have a, my my first cousin and, and, and another friend of mine who are about the same age. Grew up with Tom Petty and... Yeah, I, I grew up with Tom Petty as well. Listens to him on the radio. Um, it happened after the the day after the the Las Vegas shooting, the thing that was going on in Las Vegas that I don't, I don't want to talk about right now. It's not the time and place for that. So he was he I guess he collapsed or was found unconscious, had a heart attack or something, and just passed. Um, was very, had a heroin addiction in the 90s, uh, eventually caught up to him. I know he came to Houston. My friend actually told me he went to go see him the last time he came to Houston earlier this year. He was really excited. He was like, man, he texted me one time saying, hey, man, I'm going to go see Tom Petty. I'm really excited uh, and just stunned to learn of his passing. So... I can do a whole episode of Tom Petty if I, if I wanted to, but uh, he just another tragic loss in the, for music. He was really big and I played the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Really, uh, really, songs were really big. And if you don't know who Tom Petty is, I'm sure if you listen to a song, you'll you'll remember who he is. Um, really want to move on fairly quickly here. Uh, again, going on. Um, the whole music thing to keep, you know, something to keep me busy. Uh, for my birthday, I originally wanted to buy a drum kit, but they wouldn't. It, it that kind of fell through an electronic drum kit. So I ended up purchasing a, and I don't want to. I can actually show you, but I'd have to unplug everything. A Audio Technica LP60 stereo turntable was well, a first for me. I always listen to my dad tell me stories about back in the day in the 70s or the 80s when they used to have uh, have to go look for this, the vinyls at the record stores. And in his small town in Mexico, they only had one record store, which my mom used to work at. And that's where my dad used to get all his, all his albums. And whatever they didn't have, he would get here, go to Kmart, uh go to stores here and actually buy the albums that he heard on the radio. He would ask my cousins, Hey, uh, who's that band? Or, Oh, that's uh ACDC back in black. And he'd go buy it. So I did make that purchase. I'm still trying to save some money to buy some really good speakers to hook up my, my turntable to, but I do use a little, a little Bluetooth speaker that I have. And the sound is killer for what, for the little speaker. 
So, I did want to pull out and show the people on Facebook. I know the audio version. You probably won't be able to see it. But, the first vinyl that I purchased was Guns N' Roses' Appetite for Destruction. As you can see right there on the screen. And this is one of these albums that you can play from start to finish. One of these one of the albums that you would call untouchable. You can't touch this album. Here you have the back cover. You have a picture of the band members. So this is one of the albums that I fairly enjoy listening to countless times. And I cranked it several times. Um, I do also have this album on. On CD. You can see right here. Yeah, the true music fan will have it in all sorts of formats. Vinyl. And CD. I am going back to. It's like I'm going back in time. I'm going backwards instead of moving forwards. So, that was the first album that I purchased. Excuse for all this. But really trying to get some good speakers for to play this and I also happen to pull out all the albums I purchased before I got my vinyl player which I had purchased years ago uh, I was almost gonna meet the current incarnation of Queensryche but I didn't have a chance to the, I ended up buying their last album on vinyl, and I also have it on CD. I didn't pull pull the CD out. Queensryche uh, Condition Human, which they have with their latest the latest singer. A lot of people call him a, a, a Jeff Tate clone, but you know, life's too short to be criticizing and complaining about things. I fairly enjoy these albums, and I think well, I didn't get these signed, but. I also bought their self-titled Queensryche with the new singer. Picture of the band. I almost met him at a signing at Cactus Music, but it fell through for, you know, scheduling reasons on their end. Um, before I jump into this next uh, album that was released this year and kind of segue into it, I did buy my dad a copy of uh, and they just re-released this on 180-gram vinyl. I bought my dad a copy of Judas Priest Unleashed in the East, which is by far one of the best live albums of all time. As Not as live as people might think it is. There's a picture of Rob Halford on his motorcycle in the back. But believe it or not, I grew up listening to this on cassette, riding around with my dad. I remember going with him to... Uh, to San Jacinto during the summer when he would go, uh, he would have to go, I would go with him because he would have to go get stuff done, make payments, uh, type stuff on the computer. But I remember him cranking, like I said, on, on the car and, you know, just listening to Exciter, The Sinner, The Ripper, The Green Man Alishi, Diamonds of Rust, Victim of Changes, uh, Killer, killer! I haven't, we haven't played this on on the on the vinyl on the turntable yet, but 
if you don't if you haven't listened to this check it out judas priest unleashed in the east and man that's just another one of those bands that i'm really looking forward to seeing next year i actually bought tickets they are actually coming through through town playing at the smart financial center in houston next april did have to pull out my credit card for, for that show but i've always missed them as well so my dad's been a huge fan since uh, since this album unleashed in the east all the way through British Steel and Screaming for Vengeance. Dropped off along the way as well. You know, life life, you know, catches up to you. Uh, and they're actually releasing a new album called Firepower next uh, next year. To go with that new tour. Also produced by Andy Sneap. Which I already heard a 30 second snippet of, of the title track. It just floored me. Just unbelievable. The Judas Priest... Uh, style merged with that modern modern sound man it's just killer oh and uh i almost putting this up i also dug up and i do have more vinyls in storage i'd have to go look for them i do have fozzy sin and bones on vinyl as well fozzy for those people that don't know is the band fronted by chris jericho chris jericho's band the wrestler I have met Chris Jericho several times. He does recognize me every time that I meet him. I don't want to say I don't want to call I don't want to say that he's my friend, but he does recognize me, which is, you know, pretty cool for for somebody of his profile to recognize you. That's pretty awesome. That says a lot about him. Um I did have this vinyl signed by him. If you guys can see it on on Facebook, he actually personalized it to me, which is pretty cool, especially when you buy the vinyl version of, of their stuff. So he did. I did get this signed. I do have this on CD also. Fozzie's been one of those bands I've been following since since their incarnation around the late '90s. I've been a big, uh, as you people may know, I'm a big fan of. I was a big fan of the WWE for quite a while. Really big fan of Chris Jericho and everything that he does. So earlier this year, they put out, and I do have most of their albums. They did put out their new album, Judas. As you can probably see, it's probably backwards on the on the, the Facebook thing. Released a new album, Judas, which again, if you listen to Fozzie, it's an eclectic mix of everything that they they enjoyed listening to that they grew up with, just meshed in together. Every album always tries to go for a different sound. It's not always sounding the same. They try to mix it up a little bit. Pretty good album. I think it's their highest charted album to date. So I fairly enjoy that. I do look forward to seeing them next year. They are coming through town, playing at the Scout Bar. Seen them maybe about four times. Got to meet them, meet them those several times. I actually got to interview the guitarist, Rich Ward, for the school podcast that I used to do. For about maybe 20 or 30 minutes. Um, Going to try to go through the VIP uh, that they offer. Uh, every year it's gotten way better, you know, the... 
before it was just you get to hang out with them you get to talk to them take a picture with them now they actually they took what kiss does with their vips they actually do a little pre-concert mini concert for just the vips and they'll play songs that they they're not going to play on the set list they'll cover some songs that they're not going to play it's just uh you know just for the fans it's like they say it's for the fans do it for the fans for the fame <laughs> it's like they say like these kids say um looking forward to seeing them they're going to come through in march and playing at the scout bar next year so let's see what else i have on here i believe i have one more thing to cover no actually two more things going back to guns and roses i actually had the chance to go see them once again in concert i saw them guns and roses uh, I don't want to call this a full-fledged reunion because it's only three out of the five original members. But they got back together with Slash. Uh, got back together with Slash and Duff McKagan. They did a massive reunion sh- tour last last year, and they came through at NRG, and that was just, I believe it was Skrillex and Guns N' Roses, which is kind of weird because he could have just called it an evening with Guns N' Roses and. That would have been okay because the show was almost three hours. I bailed after after Night Train. You know, I wasn't going to stick around for the encores because it was about midnight when the show was still going on. So I said, you know what, let's just go. But fairly enjoyed that concert. Um, a lot of people that I know went to that first show, heard that they were going to come back through, and they said, you know, I'm good with seeing them one time. I said, you know what, I'm that type of person that's a big fan. I'm going to go see them again. Granted, it was the same tour. Granted, some of the songs were changed up a little bit, but I am a big fan, so got my little t-shirt. Again, had almost the same view as the Iron Maiden show. Uh, And again, another amazing show, I believe uh, I was off that day. Yeah, from work. Um, I think I was off that day. I can't remember. <laughs> yes, I was off that day. Again, another amazing show. Um, I'm good with seeing them these two times. My my hope is that they take a break, work on new music, and tour a new album. That's my hope. You know, that's only the right thing to do. You don't want to burn yourself out. I'm thinking they were going to burn themselves out doing these shows, but I think they're... This tour was a massive success, and they decided to bank on it, and, you know, it was wildly successful the second time around, so huge props for them. You know, if for a second there you think they were going to stop, you know, the the momentum was still there. So I believe I have one more thing to cover, two more things to cover before I wrap up this show, clocking in at almost an hour and almost an hour and a half. The passing of... Rhythm, ACDC rhythm guitarist Malcolm Young. For the last couple of years, maybe three years, the last three years, uh, for those of you who don't know who he is, he was the driving force. He was the engine pretty much of ACDC. Malcolm Young, you look at him, fairly small in statue, brother of Angus Young, lead guitarist. Uh, arguably one of the best an underrated rhythm guitarist of all time. Massive fan of his. 
uh, always stuck to playing his same Gretsch guitar, always stuck to playing just plugging through a Marshall amplifier and just no effects, no pedals, no distortion. He would just get his sound from from his hands and from his uh, from his uh, the Marshall. Um, have been battling dementia for the last three years, actually since 2010. So he was finally he was forced to retire from the band almost three years ago, battling dementia. Had some bout of type of cancer that he was fighting. Got that taken care of. Had a pacemaker to go with it. So he was having all sorts of health issues left and right. And he was about maybe 62 years old, 65 when he passed. So again, it's another one of those huge talents that just goes fairly quickly and just deteriorates. Like again, the rock and roll lifestyle just takes its toll. For those of you who don't know, another one of the albums that I grew up with, I remember listening to this in the fourth grade or fifth grade uh, when we when I first started going to Mexico, around 2001 maybe. Uh, one of my favorite albums that I took out on on my one of my first trips to Mexico on bus trips was uh, Back in Black by ACDC. This album right here, again, like like Appetite for Destruction, is untouchable. Debut album for Brian Johnson. Uh, a tribute, as you can see with the black cover, to Bon Scott, their previous lead singer who had, who had passed away, tragically. Produced by Mutt Lang, famed producer who also worked on Def Leppard. Um... It's just one of those albums you can't put this back here. One of those albums you can't touch. I remember listening to this on my stereo, just plugging it in. You can actually see right here pictures of the band members, Angus. You cannot touch this album from start to finish. And I do want to do plan on purchasing this on vinyl, just as a tribute to Malcolm Young. Again, it's one of those. Uh, the sound, it's uh, undeniable. From the opening riff of Hell's Bells to the closing of Rock and Roll and Noise Pollution, it's just, just awesome. You know, it's just one of those things where, you know, it's it only comes around one time. And my dad was a huge fan of, of uh, of the band. Went to go see them last year. Unfortunately, not with Malcolm Young. He was already out of the band. So, nonetheless, a good time. I do want to wrap up. I know I already discussed a couple of reviewed a couple of the of the concerts I attended to. I attended this year. I already previewed the ones that I want to go to. I know the Eagles are coming through Houston next uh, next year. They're playing Minute Maid Park. Uh, I I'm gonna try to make it out there. I know money's been kind of tight for a long time, so it's it's kind of hard to you know go to concerts now you kind of have to pick and choose and that's what i am starting to do now i have to pick and choose which concerts i want to go to so next year is looking like concerts that i've never been to which is good because you know if i want to go if kiss comes around again you know i'm just gonna probably pass on it because i've already seen them so many times unless they're touring under a new album or a new show but 
it is starting to get to that point where concert prices are, you know, they're climbing. You have to pick and choose your concerts now. I've been doing that the last couple of years. So, Eagles are coming through town next year. Fozzie is coming through town. Judas Priest is coming to town. I only have my tickets to Priest so far. So, and they also announced uh, a headlining tour is a Foreigner, White Snake, and Jason Bonham's Led Zeppelin evening. Evening with. Three three of the bands that I've I've never seen perform before. I'm a huge fan also growing up, listening to Foreigner. Um, The current lineup, which features almost no original members other than the lead guitarist. Uh, Whitesnake, I've been a huge, huge fan of Whitesnake for the longest. And Jason Bonham's Led Zeppelin experience, whatever he calls it. So hopefully I can make it out to those shows. And trying to juggle uh, work, uh, hobbies, and life. It's just, it's hard. But it can be done. So before I wrap up this show, I do want to talk about the latest purchase that I made, which was only about a week ago. And I wish I could show you a picture of this right now. I don't want to move all of this. Um, I know people listening can't, can't see anything. But for the people watching on Facebook, um, I can actually try to pull up a picture of it on my Instagram. And you probably won't be able to see it. But if you go to my Instagram page, for those of you who follow me on Instagram, here is my latest purchase. I got myself a little Christmas gift this year. If you guys can see it right there. I purchased... And it's a long time coming too. I've been a huge fan of drumming for since I was a little kid. I always wanted to have an electronic drum kit. Finally got around to buying one for for Christmas. So I treated myself this year to a Simmons SD350 electronic drum kit from Guitar Center. Shout out to Guitar Center for always having the best quality of instruments. Um... I've been playing with it for about a week now, and I gotta say it's something, not to say that I don't enjoy playing guitar, that I don't enjoy playing bass, I enjoy playing all those instruments, even keyboards, but drums is one of those things where I just sit down and it just comes natural to me. I guess like those who play guitar and bass comes natural to them. Drumming is one of those things where I can, with a couple lessons, and a couple of rehearsals, I can, you know, try to keep a simple beat. <laughs> so it's um, fairly exciting. I decided to get the most basic version that I could find. They all f- offered me a newer version for about the same price, but I'd have to order it. And given the fact that this was around the holidays, you know, I'm, I'm sure it wasn't going to come until after Christmas, after the new year for that matter. So... I finally went ahead and made that purchase. I have it sitting down in my little corner over there. Um, bought a drum amplifier, a Simmons drum amplifier along with it. DA50, a little drum throne, some Sony headphones that I that I use for a couple things that I have lined up. Uh, but it's a, 
fairly cool. Last night, I passed by Guitar Center and bought me a little auxiliary cord to plug into my, to plug my iPad to run through my drum monitor. Which, for people that don't, if you don't know already, I do have several drum, I guess, live, I don't want to say performances, but you can call it that. I like to call them rehearsals because, you know, I'm not, I'm no, I'm no, uh, Tommy Lee from Molly Crew by any means, but I do want to play along to a couple of songs. Um, and then this is only going to be exclusive to Facebook because an exclusive to myself, I do want to record these for my own, uh, for my own personal use, because I don't want to throw these audio versions up on YouTube and then they get pulled down. So I might do that for one just to kind of test, test it out. Um, but exclusive to Facebook, I do want to say that I will be uh, rehearsing live as practicing live, playing along to my favorite songs. I did find a channel on YouTube that has a vast amount of drumless tracks on there. And a lot of them have some of my favorite songs on there. And I have been playing on my free time. I plug in, I plug in my my headphones to my these headphones to my iPad play the drumless tracks on these headphones plug in my Sony headphones to the to the drum to the drum kit put them over these headphones I know this sounds like a lot of work but I can hear and follow along to play along to what where the song's going try to keep time and this drum kit is awesome because it has different style drum kits that you can select from it has a click track that you can keep time to which i tried testing out sound works pretty good um you can customize each symbol and drum to your liking so you can change the change the sound of the snare the sound of the toms the cymbals the kick drum so i kind of have it customized to my liking right now i just started messing with it just a couple days ago um, I do play through my amplifier, um, and then right around nighttime, I'll unplug it and then plug in my headphones. Cause I don't want, I know I live in an apartment, so I don't want, I don't want to hear complaints from my neighbors, you know, making noise complaints and whatnot. So it's a pretty cool investment. I, I'm really happy with just having that to start with for the price. I did talk to several people before making that purchase and most of them recommended that it was a really good investment so just something to start out with something to play around with on Facebook um, and like I said for those listening for those that do listen to this podcast that have me on Facebook that have me on social media Instagram if you want to tune in I will be actually I will be doing one of these uh, live rehearsals later this evening. I'll throw out the time for the people out there if you're listening to this on uh, the day that it posts. Uh, if not, you can always go back and re-watch these uh, live versions on Facebook. But I am planning to throw out a couple of these just for the holidays just to kind of give you guys an idea of what it is that I'm trying to do. I'm not trying to become big, although that would be kind of helpful <laughs> if you become rich and famous but you know that's that's not the goal the goal is to have fun the goal is to 
my goal has always been to learn to learn to play my favorite songs. That's my whole objective with music. As much as I would love to do create new music and lyrics and stuff like that, for me right now the goal is to have fun, to learn my favorite songs. I'm still in that phase. I know I've been playing with music on and off since I was 16. You know, school gets in the way, work gets in the way, life gets in the way. But that I to me that feels like a little outlet that I can escape to. Cuz none everything I forget about everything when I'm playing with the drums. So and along to my favorite songs, so hey, it's going to feel like I'm playing I'm playing in the band. So with my mediocre shitty drum sound. <laughs> so it's uh, one of those things that one of those new ventures that I'm going on that I really want to treat you guys to. So hey, and I'm open-minded. If you guys want to throw out suggestions, if you want to make requests, you can. And I'm probably going to be throwing songs out there out of left field that you won't expect me to play. Because I have been playing several songs where it's like, well, I never expected you to play that. But it's stuff that I like, that I enjoy listening to. So if you want to make requests, if you want to make uh, throw some feedback, um, just let me know. Just feel free to comment on there. And let me know how how the sound how it sounds on on Facebook because I will be running it through my amplifier. I will be testing it out before I go live. So probably recording a couple of uh, songs here and there before I go live. So uh, as far as this edition, music edition of the Hangout Podcast, uh, I feel that it was more. It wasn't forced. It was very natural. I know I kind of threw everything last minute here, but it's just. Some of the things I wanted to cover for the year of 2017 and for the year of 2018. Of course, with more time after the new year, um, hopefully I can we, can we can finally move out to, to a new place. Have my own little space. If anything, I just want to have my own little room with a bathroom uh, where I can sit down, have my privacy, and record these shows by myself with a guest. Because it's, it's all that's all I've always wanted. The only reason I'm doing it now is because my family went out of town for the holidays, and they're not coming back until until after the new year. So, gives me a little privacy, a little time to record these shows, throw them out for people to listen to during the holidays. Um, again, I want to thank you guys very much for those who tune in on Facebook. Thank you guys very much for joining in and watching. I know you probably didn't stay around for too long. I don't, you know. I didn't want to bore you with all this. <laughs> so for those that listen to the show, again, thank you guys for tuning in. I will be, for those on Facebook listening live, watching live, I will be going live for Christmas tomorrow, maybe around the same time, 1 o'clock, one thirty. I know I kind of went on a little bit late today. I did wake up a little late. <laughs> so, but I will be going live for I want to try to keep it under an hour. I will be launching the, well, it's not much of a launch, I think. Let me double check real quick for the people watching. Um, it's It'll probably just be a regular version of the, the Hangout podcast. Another, it'll be a, a solo version. But I will be reviewing TV shows from 2017 and previewing previewing TV shows of 2018 and I also had in mind uh, actually reviewing documentaries 
that I've seen in the last year, maybe previewing some of the, although I don't know if you can preview documentaries. I don't know of any coming out in the, in the following year, but I can, I can cover several of the ones that I saw in this past year. So that'll be for Christmas, um, at one o'clock tomorrow when I'll be going live. Uh, Thanks again, again, guys, for tuning in. Uh, happy holidays for you guys watching. I'm recording this on Christmas Eve afternoon as we speak. Uh, enjoy the time you spend with your family. Unfortunately for me, I'm by myself uh, recording this, but my family, I, I keep in touch with even when they're out of town. So, again, guys, thank you guys for taking the time to tune in. Enjoy the holidays. Have a Merry Christmas. For those who will be having a Merry Christmas this year. <laughs> um, and just enjoy listening to these uh, to these shows. Again, if you have any suggestions, feedback, or comments, feel free to let me know. Send me a message. Hit me up on text. And I'll be more than glad to have an open mind. I'm open to constructive criticism. If you have any suggestions as far as equipment or if you want to know more about anything, just let me know and I can get together an episode just specifically for that. But again, guys, thank you guys for joining me and I will see you soon.